Welcome to Small Bites Radio with Donato Marino and Derek Tim. We hope you're hungry. Hello, welcome to Wildfire Radio Small Bites. My name is Donato Marino with DNL Bean to Barista Service. And welcome back, Derek. Oh, How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, Don. You look very tanned. All I know is... You look great in your bikini. Oh, did you, did you like that? I did. Yeah. And that the intro, oh man, sounds better than ever when, when, it, whenever it I come smooth. back. When I come back from vacation. Always gets me at the mood. Uh, of course. <laughs> but... Fantastic job, uh, my friend, uh, for having a show without me. And a big thanks to our friend uh, John Dorenzo. Yeah, he did a great job with us. The big honcho of Crab du Jour. Yeah. And the Finn. The Finn, the, 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 the Philadelphia. The, the Mad Rex location. That sounds, sort of sounds a little French, if you say the Finn. The Finn. The Finn. Ooh. Would you I, like to go I can't to even the, speak French. Would you like to go to the Finn? My dad used to tell me. Madame? How can you take a different language in high school when you can't even speak English? <laughs> well, you can speak Italian too, can't you? Very, very little. I get I, just enough to get by. Okay. Yeah. Manjo. <laughs> Espresso. Salobano. Espresso. Cappuccino. Wine. I don't know why. Vino. <laughs> you, you know all Wine the, sounded good, though. You know all the important yeah. words. Right. You know the words that are necessary. Yeah. Like, don't be late for dinner. You you always had that translated perfectly, didn't you? Yeah, don't be late for dinner. <laughs> so what's uh, new and hot happening in the DNL uh, coffee and espresso world? Uh, we know uh, I've seen sourcing has been an issue for many. Uh, the the weather, good golly! I mean, we got uh, just in the United States, we got wildfires, tornadoes, yeah. hurricanes. Floods, so it's the same thing going on around the world. How sourcing yeah. I, feel, I feel bad for the people in Mullica Hill that got hit by the number three tornado, if I remember right. Yeah, I think there was three of them in the Philadelphia region about yeah, but it was a, a level three tornado. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. F3, I think. F3, they, that's it. F3. I mean, I talked to a friend of mine. The house behind him got completely destroyed. His got nothing. Yeah, I saw on the news. That's the wildest thing about tornadoes. The one, it, it looked like a bomb went off at the house, yeah. and then the news people showed the house literally across the street yeah. and not even a single pebble. Not, not even a scratch. I, mean, I feel bad for those people. It's... Yeah. It's a shame. Life savings. Yeah. Gone. It's terrible. I mean, it's... And it's one of them things. In an instant, your life can change dramatically. Yeah. And I also want to give a, let's say a shout out but to the 13 Marines. Or I shouldn't say all Marines, but the uh, service people that were affected in Afghanistan. That, oh, without a doubt. That, uh, I mean, gave uh, their life to make sure we have our freedoms that we have today. Without them, uh, as you said, we, we would be a much different country. And uh, our uh, our salute to 9-11, we shall never forget. Yes, and, 9-11 uh, as well. All, all of our service members. But uh, on a happier note, I want to get back to talking about uh, food. And we're going to be joined on the phone with our first guest. How's it going tonight? Hey, guys. It's John Alasoska. How you guys doing? That's excellent. Good you great. are our first guest of the night, John. Look at that. There we go. <laughs> Always the best coming up. What's going on, pal? What's, what's hot and happening? Well, I want to talk about the big news this past week, which was that Hopsing Laundromat uh, finally opened its doors again. 
after being closed for 18 months. Uh, this is a well-known cocktail bar in Philly, and they are going to be operating at 50% capacity, uh, at least to start. Uh, and patrons will be required to show their vaccination card along with their IDs. Uh, for now, Hopsing will only be open on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. But uh, it's great to see Hopsing Laundromat open again in Philly. Uh, the popular Thai restaurant, Kalea, will be opening a second location next year in Fishtown. This is according to Eater Philly. Uh, look for an opening sometime next summer. And our friend Marilyn Johnson reported over at uh, Philly Crub that uh, an opening of a restaurant in Old City called Home Cuban Cafe. Uh, so the Cuban restaurant had a soft opening yesterday. And look for the uh, grand opening to happen sometime in the next month. And over on the Jersey side, market calendars for the next installment of Atlantic City Restaurant Week, which will be happening uh, from October 3rd to October 8th. So it's good to see that uh, back and running again. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Eating Next Jersey, as well as the South Jersey Food Scene website and Facebook page. Thank you so much, John. It was uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. And sorry I uh, missed you. I don't know. Did you talk to John uh, a couple weeks ago when I was away in Brazil? Sure we did. Uh, see, I, always uh, uh, wealth of knowledge. Exactly. Well, John, thank you very much. Have yourself a fantastic night. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. All right, guys. Take care now. Yeah, you take too. care. So, John mentioned uh, news happening all around the area, uh, Philadelphia tri-state region. But right below the tri-state region, there's big things happening, Don. And right in, like, the Maryland-Chesapeake area. We're going to talk to the perfect, going to talk to the perfect person who knows everything that's going down on around there. And that's Alex Smith, the CEO of Atlas Restaurant Group. And good golly, Don, I saw their profile. So did I. I was my mouth dropped. I I don't think there's a restaurant in Baltimore that isn't owned by this group. How's it going tonight, Alex? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. We are thrilled. Now, you guys are based in Baltimore, but you're a little all over the map. You've got Houston, Boca Raton, uh, D.C., and you've got a couple uh, new things coming up in uh, Annapolis uh, coming soon. But uh, you guys are some uh, newsmakers as well. You've been featured in in Forbes, and the title of the feature was How Atlas Group is Trans transforming Baltimore into a culinary destination. So what is the secret sauce, Alex, besides uh, Old Bay? Because we all know Old, <laughs> old um, Bay, I think, in my, in my opinion, can make anything better. <laughs> Makes everything taste good. But obviously, you've got a little well, bit something more to meet that secret recipe of what it means to be successful. Well, just like any restaurant tour, it starts with great people and a great team. And uh, we've been able to do a great job recruiting individuals from all over the country uh, to come and be a part of our restaurant group and display their talents. And that's why we've been so successful is because of the people we have on our team. And how did you guys get started? You, You were founded in 2012. Uh, what was that spark? Because Don, you know, it's not an easy business to get into. No, it's not. Some call, people should. Some people call you crazy if you get into this yes. industry of work. <laughs> called worse. Yep. Well, well, they're they're right. They're right. You are crazy to get into it. But I started with a Hagen Dazs franchise actually when I was uh, in college, uh, right out of college, and uh, that was my first business. You know, scooping ice cream and learning how to run a small business. And then I did a deli diner, which we still own. Um, and then my first fine dining restaurant was uh, Uzo Bay, which opened in 2012. And we just kind of rolled them out from there. And 
Uh, next year, we'll have 25 properties open and operating in the U.S. and five different areas. So, you know, we're, we're growing, growing very well organically, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful experience so far. That's amazing. And do you still remember the first person that you hired? I do. Actually, she still works for me. Uh, she's my manager at uh, haagen Susie Gonzalez. She's been with me uh, for 14 years now. So um, my very first hire is still, still an employee. So That is amazing. And that's a testament to show that you, that you have a workforce that's willing to stay with you and have a vision that's obviously working. But on the flip side of that, sometimes more entertaining, do you remember the first person you fired? <laughs> see, Don likes that one. See, <laughs> do you remember Don? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, I don't remember the first person I ever let go. I try and block those out of my memory. <laughs> Don. So Don says he remembers. What was the first person you fired, Don? I don't want to say any names. Well, no, we're obviously we're not. Yeah. We, we don't have any lawsuits, Don. No, no. But well, uh, he was a delivery guy, and he would always call out sick. Had. Every illness known to man. <laughs> and I still had to play him on employment. <laughs> I was expecting yeah. a more entertaining That's story it. than nah, that. When you fire somebody, there's not too much entertaining about it. Yeah, but the thing is, in this day and age, unfortunately, uh, it, it's, as we said, this industry is having difficult times. And one of the difficulties is even having someone that you can fire God forbid, because yeah. it, it's a it's a struggle just to have the staff that you need on a daily basis. And one of the things that you guys have done at Atlas Restaurant Group, which was a big mover and shaker because you're such a large component of the Baltimore area, is you've raised the minimum wage to $15 per hour. What was the thinking behind that? Because the profit margin in the restaurant industry is already razor thin and some would argue you're playing with fire there there's expectations but on the flip side there's those that say having a higher paid workforce is a happier workforce a more dedicated workforce so forth so forth and so on what was it that you guys went back and forth of what happened in the war room for you guys to go through with this move yeah, sure. So first off, I think it's important to, uh, for the, the listeners to realize that we raised everybody to $15 an hour uh, that was outside of the tip credit. So what we did was we took anybody that, you know, hostesses, uh, you know, dishwashers who in our organization started at, you know, between 13 and 14, we raised them to 15. And then we took all of our line cooks and we raised anybody that was making from 15 to 17. Um, we raised them as well. So Everybody in our organization that was making up to 17 got uh, a raise. And then what we did for the tip workers was, for some of the busters and runners, is we guaranteed them 15 an hour. So if their tip, if their tip credit didn't cover them and their, and their tips didn't cover them to 15, we guaranteed it as like kind of a universal wage for our employees. So we, start, we still are operating with a tip credit. Um, I can understand why a lot of restaurateurs out there uh, in states that that has happened. Um, while, it, you know, that's more of a financial hit. Um, but this is something that we thought was a quality of life issue. We really wanted to do something nice for the for the for the staff members that are really are the hardest workers in the backbone of our workforce. Um, and we just decided that this is the right thing to do, and we're going to do it. I mean, kudos to you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's amazing. And 
I hope that more uh, employers can step up and do the right thing as well. If you have the financial means, I hope those who are managing and running things can do so. And as you said, it's a it's a per business decision and it doesn't work for everyone. But that's great to hear that you're able to support your workforce in in that manner. The other thing that caught me that I read was the Atlas Restaurant Group is also offering a benefit package to their employees. Uh, and some of them is says the company pays 50%, and listen to this, Don, 50% for things such as medical, dental, vision, uh, short-term disability, critical ac- accident, and illness. And the one that I really enjoyed was pet insurance. Some people will laugh at that, Don. Not I being a pet owner, because no. Lord knows how expensive the pet insurance is every month. I have to say, that caught me off guard when I read that, but that is a fantastic perk because the majority of people do have pets and they are an extension of the family, and that stuff is not cheap. How did pet insurance come onto the list of things? Was Did you have a survey that you asked the employees of, oh, what would you guys like? How did that come about? That was so interesting and unique to me. Sure. We, I mean, look, we're, we're doing everything we can to make sure that we take care of our workforce and, and add added benefits. And I didn't realize that pet insurance was even a thing. Um, and we met with two insurance companies. They said, yes, absolutely, you could do it for, you know, I think it's five bucks per employee per month or whatever it is. And we said, that's, that's a great thing. We should do that. I mean, we offer also uh, have life insurance on every single employee. Um, and, um, you know, just recently we lost an employee. And, uh, you know, it, it, when you have a team member, teams the size of our team, which is 1,200 employees, mm. um, you know, unfortunately – lose a family member every now and then and we wanted to make sure that we could do something for their families as well so you know look it's all about taking care of your people um and you know we try and do that in every way possible amazing amazing and, and uh, our condolences to the uh, team member that you guys uh did lose but let's get back to dining uh don was mentioning uh, to me before the show that he may be going down to baltimore uh, soon because he's always shooting down to get his espresso down who, uh, to whoever needs it. Uh, and he asked me, and I didn't have the answer to this question, and I was embarrassed. What is the crown jewel? What is the number one restaurant that Atlas Restaurant Group brags about? Sure. Well, you know, look, we, we feel they're special all in their own unique way. But I think our crown jewel is probably the Bygon, which is on the rooftop of the Four Seasons. Um, it's on the 29th floor of the hotel, which is, you know, a five-star hotel here in Baltimore. It looks out over the entire harbor. Uh, our executive chef, Axel Tycool, um, you know, he is just an amazing, amazing chef. Um, and I think what's special about the property is, is you can get a five dining, uh, fine dining experience. And then at the same time, we have an incredible uh, nightlife aspect to the, to the restaurant uh, right next door. So if you're looking for, you know, the nightclub aspect, bottle service, a great DJ, we have that. Uh, but if it's a course out meal, um, you know, and more of a fine dining aspect, white tablecloth, you can experience that as well. That's amazing. I mean, that's especially the Inner Harbor of Baltimore is a beautiful, 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 beautiful location. And uh, I wish Philadelphia could take a cue from your waterfront because it's been a lifetime that i've been around philadelphia <laughs> yeah it's still a mess i mean it's getting better but nowhere near what 
a waterfront has for potential, and, and you guys have really hit it out of the ballpark down in that area. Uh, talking about uh, that's your current crown jewel, but I'm sure that you have a couple more in the wings. What's one of the projects that we can expect next? What, what's one of the restaurants that we can expect to open up the soonest uh, from now? Yeah, our next restaurant that's going to open up is an Italian chop house um, in Houston, Texas, and a very cool development called Montrose Collective. Um, that'll open in January. Um, and then we have a flagship restaurant uh, that we have a brand in Baltimore already called The Chop Tank. Uh, which is going to open up on Eagle Alley in Annapolis, right into the downtown uh, harbor there, right on the waterfront in Annapolis. It's a 14,500-seat square wow. foot, 500-seat restaurant. That's big. So, Good golly. Uh, it's, it's a big – a lot of crab cakes and, uh, and uh, orange crush is going to come out of, of that restaurant. So. <laughs> Ooh, are you kidding? My goodness. Now, I'm sure that uh, your, your restaurants, are, the fine dining, are offering espresso and cappuccino drinks. What's your signature – Coffee, espresso, drink. Ooh, and the espresso man. Always interested to find out what everyone's doing. Yeah. yeah. We use Illy. Well, Illy's a good company. For our espresso. Yeah. yeah, it's from Northern Italy. Northern <laughs> Italy. Northern, Northern Italia. <laughs> and what's what? What is the advantage of that brand? I know you don't want to promote anyone else, Don. No, that's okay. But what, what is it? Uh, is it robust? Is it? Is it uh, give them a little bit more of a profile than others? I know you're going to say just that it's Italian that it's good, aren't you? Of course, <laughs> that's Don's answer to everything. But uh, I know. Well, I know Illy's 100% Arabica coffee, and that makes and that's their yeah, that's their signature uh, blend. Yeah. Now, Alex, you're going. You've, you've mentioned a lot of cities and a lot of locations and a lot of restaurants and more opening. One question I have for you is why do we not see Philadelphia on the list yet? Well, we've, we've thought about coming up to Philadelphia. Philly's a great town. I'm a university of Delaware grad. So I spent quite a bit of time in Philly. Uh, it's a great city. And so maybe one day you'll see me there. We sure hope so. Because uh, I want to let you know, as, as, as I mentioned, you guys are fantastic. Uh, we're having a great time talking to you. Your your work staff is very happy. You're making the news. Uh, we we wish you nothing but continued success. Uh, Alex Smith, the and take, oh, go ahead. Definitely come down to Baltimore. Visit me. Oh, definitely. Next time we're down, we'll definitely reach out. But uh, Alex Smith, the CEO of Atlas Restaurant Group, please feel share to, uh, share a social media or website before you go. Sure. Uh, thank you guys so much. It's uh, com. And if you're ever in Baltimore or Texas, South Florida, come look us up. We'd love to have you. Uh, definitely, definitely. We have to make a road trip down there, me and Derek. Always look forward to going down to Baltimore. Like I said, the Inner Harbor is beautiful. They even have a boat that cleans the, the river outside of it. I mean, it's just, they have a well, well put together. And like I said, Old Bay, Old Bay, Old Bay, all darn day. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's the secret sauce right there. Have a great one, Alex. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your time. All Take right. care, Alex. Bye-bye. Yeah, man. That's... That is a big operation. He and open sure it, is. What did he say? 1,200 seats? Yeah. Couldn't even imagine. That's larger than some concert halls. I can imagine what the kitchen must look like to serve 1,200 people. Whew. 
the, the line chefs and everything that's put together with it. That's a long night. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I, I don't think I would ever want to be a chef to run that type of organization, to run that type of operation, I should say. Well, that large, because when you, when, once you reach a, th- a certain threshold, you would think that that's moving into more catering than dining. I mean, because that amount of people is absurd. And they're all ordering different. I mean, you have to be, have enough supplies to serve that many people. Indeed. And hot, crisp, <sighs> fresh. And servers? Yeah. Like you said, where do you put that? <laughs> you have to have a separate parking lot just for your employees. Yeah, they probably bust them in. <laughs> I, I mean, if you think about it, that's how what Atlantic City used to do. Yeah, yeah that's they used true. To put them on the parkway. Right they there. Yep. The bus come in and uh, you're bring at, them in. You are one. Remember, remember the good old days? Yeah. I haven't seen a car parked in one of them lots. Yeah, well, you got all the parking lots that they built eventually to, to accommodate them. But yeah, but that it was a lot. I mean, you used to sit on the AC Expressway. It used it used to be a mile miles bumper to bumper to get into town. Well, that's true too. Bumper to bumper. And the casinos aren't as big as they are today. No, no, nowhere near. I mean. But you know the, the casinos come along. I mean the, the ocean, Hard Rock. I mean thank God they're doing well enough to stay open and uh, bring bring Atlantic City back on the map. I know the boardwalks are doing well. They got a mixture of people. To you know they they go along the boardwalk. They're getting along. No fights that I can see anyway. But you know, they're they're helping all the the merchants. They're opening up coffee shops, boutiques, uh, the bakeries. They they were down there before doing well. The Baltimore, the Baltimore Grill, Spaghetti House. Yeah, uh, they're all doing well. So, Atlantic City definitely has a, a step in the right direction. And I, I'm tr- I'm trying to think. And uh, that fish concert, they had how, how many people going to that thing? Like fifty thousand people each night on the beach in Lang City. Yeah, yeah. yeah this was like uh, maybe a month ago or something like that. That's not my. I'm getting too old to. Well, no, I mean I, I, stuff I, I didn't go, and <laughs> I'm going to be a hundred percent truthful with you. It's not my music. I could, I, I couldn't care less about. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and being even more, I don't think I can mention one song. No, from I, the band. I couldn't either. But it was good to see. That many people yeah. in Atlantic City again. I mean, yeah, they, well, it brings the crowds back in, it, without a doubt. <laughs> and uh, I know, I know, Wildwood's doing the same thing along the shore level. They have country music now that are, are coming back to the, to the beaches. Um, I don't know what the, uh, the artists are, but they're, they're all doing the same thing, and they're keeping everybody you know, alive. You know, the COVID. Is, is restricting a lot of the, the events that are happening. I mean, you got Irish Weekend is back down in Wildwood. I think also they have an Irish Weekend down in Sea Isle, if I remember right. I could be mistaken, but... Yeah, it's probably but. probably something. And uh, you usually do something for... Uh, the mothers? Yeah, I've, I've meant to ask you that. What is the status 
this year. We're still waiting on the city to finalize all the CDC, um, I'm going to call them regulations, okay. that are going to tell us how we're going to be able to proceed down Broad Street on a safe uh, a safe uh, way, if you want to call it. I don't know if they're going to have people on the sides like they used to. So all that's still uh, in the planning stages. I know they, from what I hear, they still want to do the parade. They still want to, you know, keep the tradition alive. But has there been any other parades? And I wasn't around here, as you know, for 4th of July. Uh, I I was away. Did Philadelphia celebrate 4th of July with fireworks? And I, I don't think they did. I, I really can't remember. Yeah. I don't know why they wouldn't have fireworks, but um, I know they around some of the local areas where I live in South Jersey, they did have small firework displays, but not like you know they would do in Philadelphia. I guess they didn't want everybody to run down to Penn's Landing and and uh, huddle around and. Well, and that's what I'm saying. There's going to have to be changes. Obviously, but I think if everyone can just space out and do what you have to do, we can still have. I mean, obviously, people are going to the Eagles games and the Phillies games and all of this. Stadiums aren't full. No, I understand. Well, no, they're not full, but I'm just saying outdoor events obviously are much, much easier than and a lot safer. Exactly. Exactly than doing what it would have to be for any sort of uh, uh, indoor event. But talking about events, you can have an event at your own home. And that would be from Mr. Tim Flank, uh, the owner of Philly to Table, a meal subscription service that works with local well-known chefs in the Philly area. Because sometimes, Don, you want to have a nice meal? Yeah. But you don't want the usual pizzeria things delivered from DoorDash. Yeah. You, you want something that... You, some, some gourmet. Exactly. Something a little bit more gourmet. So how's it going tonight, Tim? Uh, it's going very well. Thank you for having me. I, lo- I love the intro. We are trying to uh, uh, add a little bit more class to the uh, to the dining experience exactly exactly so <laughs> as we mentioned uh, the Philadelphia area it's endless of our options but sometimes we want something of a local chef who's been showcased or or known and uh, or just maybe even someone that's having locally sourced ingredients uh, you have teamed up with a whole bunch of partner chefs and restaurants and you're going to make it possible for not only Philadelphians, but uh, I'm pretty sure anyone nationwide to have a meal subscription service run through uh, your organization, Philly to Table. So one, tell us about it, why you guys are different, why we should subscribe, and maybe a couple uh, dishes or two that someone could expect if they subscribe. Sure. Yeah, so we're not quite nationwide yet, so we're still... Uh, in the local area, uh, Philadelphia and Philadelphia suburbs, um, we are delivering um, fresh uh, to door at this at this time, and we're working on uh, scaling our operation to that hopefully uh, nationwide eventually. But to give, give a little bit of background, so this is an idea that was absolutely born um, during COVID. Uh, it was 
my uh, partner uh, who is uh, in the culinary industry. I am more of a uh, on the um, finance and business side myself. Um, was speaking with uh, Mike Salmanov of Zahav actually, and sort of spitballing how can we help uh, the chef community during this time. A lot of amazing talent was, um, you know, on the street, so to speak, um, and you know, and and also we had a, a huge population of, of potential customers who you know were unable or unwilling to to um, you know, dine in or dine excuse me dine out at a restaurant. So our idea was sort of you know let's bring those two together. Um, I think people, you know, we're trying to create you know, a, a community, um, an exclusive community that has, um, you know, this amazing access to up-and-coming chefs um, in our own city, right, and showcasing ingredients that are grown on farms in our area. Um, and really, you know, one of the cooler things that I think we've had fun with um, with this project to date is the idea of opening it up and really not knowing what you're going to get, but being, you know, pleasantly surprised with the variety of um, different dishes and, and things that we've offered on a weekly basis. So we give little teasers and things of that nature, but you don't know exactly what's going to be in there um, until you open it up. So you know, you know, you're going to have um, an amazing experience, but that, that last surprise kind of comes at the end. So we've, we've gone through a pilot. We've gone through a second round. We're still very much in the early growing, early going, we're growing, we're learning, um, but we're really excited to bring a, uh, you know, redefine the experience of both subscription and delivery um, in, the, in the local area. I do like that concept. I sort of like how it's a surprise because, you know, I mean, me and you, Don, we're usually like two peas in a pod. We love a shafe. Uh, a shafe. Yeah. <laughs> Shafing's great, isn't it, Don? <laughs> One of my favorite things yeah. in the world. Uh, chef tastings yeah. where... We go right. into the restaurant. We don't ask. We don't ask any questions. And uh, that one time, good lord, Don. I mean, uh, you, you treated me, and it was fifteen courses. And I was like, oh god. I, I, I was like, I, I know, Don. I'll go for anything. But there comes a, a limit to how many courses you could eat. I, I can have. But my one question to you, Tim, is: Me and Don obviously would love this. I love the concept. But there's always that one person in the crowd. Who's always like, well, I can't eat this because I don't like it. Or not to make fun, not to make fun of other individuals, but there is a serious side to it that some people do have allergies that you have to look out for. Uh, How do you are you able to accommodate for that, or is this a a leave it or take it sort of deal? So it's I'll say off the bat, it is more of the latter. However. We have a number of subscribers that have either religious, dietary, or just preferential restrictions. And one of the things that we do in the box is we are, especially with those customers, are very transparent about um, the types of ingredients that are going to be in the box on a week-to-week basis. And the other nice thing is we try to strike a variety. Um, so each product is packaged individually. So if you cannot eat pork for one for for some for one reason, you know. We'll, we'll mix it up every week. You know, they'll have you know, pork maybe one week, but then there, there won't be another week. And we also happen to work with potentially, I, you know, would happen to say the number one gluten-free uh, pastry chef in the nation, and that's Monica Glass. Um, so we featured her a couple of times, and she's um, made amazing creations entirely gluten-free. So while we cannot completely accommodate 
um, that restriction right now. Um, it's something that we try to collaborate with our customers and, and you know, still strike a, uh, an experience where maybe it doesn't work for them, but if they have a family they can, they can share. And, um, without a doubt. How we've been approaching with, it without a doubt. And yeah. as, as I said, I mean, I, I, like I said, this is fantastic for me and Don, but there's always that one. Yeah. Always <laughs> that one, Don. Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, now, what is the usual setup? Is there a, like, is it normally... Uh, three courses is it uh, a, a basic protein veggie yep. uh, fruit uh, dessert what, what is the normal sort of uh, setup that you provide that's a great question so what I like to say is we want to recreate the dining experience and bring a gourmet meal um, to our subscribers first and foremost uh, so we are always centered around a entree appetizer dessert concept you can always get you always can count on um, a pre-prepared um, sort of full meal uh, that serves two people within each box. And then we like to add on top of that, right? So that's kind of the baseline. And then what we do is is we'll try to get some pantry staples in there. So we've had some local you know, honey from a local apiary. And we've had um, featuring Everwild Farms and, and just kind of some produce from there. We've, we've done pastas. We've done jams, things of that nature that kind of round out. Um, you know, the kitchen pantry to, to hold you over week to week. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of a baseline experience. And we, we try to add on top of it as well. And I see Don itching over here because I, I, I heard you say, <laughs> I, I heard you say entree and yeah. things like that. But Don was waiting for that magic word of dessert with a coffee or espresso because <laughs> mostly espresso. <laughs> the way that Don always enjoys the meals always ends with a good espresso with <laughs> DNL coffee. So, the, the, absolutely. So, is there an option? Because uh, I think that would be great. I know it's a lot of work for you guys, but I would find it great if you had your entrees coming from here, but your dessert is coming from now. If the restaurant, God forbid, if if they have a fantastic uh, pastry program, then all right, I'm all for it. But I, I would really love if. The meal's coming here, but then the dessert's coming from this bakery or or, or proprietor yeah. who's known for cheesecake, whatever. Yeah. That I I think that <laughs> that would be great. I see nothing but potential, and really the the sky is the limit, Tim. I love the concept. I love the guys and Appreciate girls that. that you're working with in the restaurants, yeah. and we uh, want you to tell to our subscribers a website or social media that they can follow or a telephone number. So they can get onto this uh, subscription service before you go. Yeah, absolutely. So our website, the easiest thing is to follow to find us on Instagram at Philly to Table. Um, we're at Philly to Table across all social media platforms, and then there's very simple instructions from there to access our website um, and and then you know find out information. We actually do have a few memberships that we are we have left for this upcoming fall run. Um, so if you do hop on now, um, you can definitely secure some of those final ones. And we'd love to have you. We'd love to kind of continue to grow and and um, service more and more of the community. Great. Uh, fantastic to talk to you, Tim. We hope to hear from you again for uh, bigger and better things going on. Have a great night. Absolutely. We'd love to reconnect with you guys. Awesome. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's, it's always good today. Support local. Without a doubt. Yeah, show chefs and, and, and restaurants. You, and you know, Don, our production here is nothing but top-notch, but we didn't want to get sued, so we couldn't grab any officially licensed clips, but I'll try my best.
Do you know what that is, Don? Sounds like the the Simpsons. Unofficially. And we have the perfect person to talk about such things, and that would be Laurel Randolph, a cookbook author and lifelong Simpsons fan. She even runs the popular blog and Instagram account, Joy of Cooking Millhouse. And most importantly, she's got a new cookbook called The Unofficial Simpsons Cookbook. From crusty burgers to Marge's pretzels, famous recipes from your favorite cartoon family. How's it going tonight? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It is our pleasure. Did did you know the uh, music at my scratchy throat was playing <laughs> it was spot spot on couldn't oh, be better man i'm <laughs> so happy you're such an artist <laughs> i try multi-talented <laughs> who, who would have ever known but uh, everyone knows and loves the simpsons i mean how could you not it, it is one of the longest episodic programs on television if not the longest i mean you may know this laurel are they the longest now I, they have weird rules about saying what's the longest with in terms of like animation and not, but they have been on for over 33 seasons. I mean, it's it's quite a record. I mean, that is amazing yeah. all within itself. That's three generations of fans they have probably touched, if not more. So they have uh-huh. they have obviously touched your life. They've touched my life. I remember when I used to get yelled at for having the Simpsons on because we're not watching that garbage. (laughs) And to think what's on television these days, good golly. But uh, I find it highly entertaining that you went the extra step and took creations straight from the show and have the, have now have other fans giving them the ability to make them in their own kitchen what was it what part of the show was it that you caught on and said i really want to eat what they have what part of that show because there's a lot of things in that show for me personally it was probably homer drinking beer more than that (laughs) that was (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but for you you said man i would really like to have marge's pretzels or a crusty burger What, what what moment sparked that interest Oh, man. Well, by the way, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons either. I got in trouble, too. But uh, <laughs> I I was really obsessed with Homer eating donuts, I think. They always – he loved them so much, and they always looked so good to me. Donuts. Like, especially with the pink yeah. frosting. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> donuts. Yeah, the radioactive so uh, waste that, on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, forbidden donuts. So I think donuts would have to be number one, although there is – that show is jam-packed with food. That's uh, hard to pick. So, obviously, donuts caught your uh, attraction of wanting to have something on the show. When you started going through and compiling the cookbook, what actually turned into your favorite Simpson meal or treat? Ooh, that's, yeah, that's tough. Um, 
There were some kind of unlikely favorites. There's uh, an IRS switch in the book, which is from IRS Burger. Um, when Krusty Burger goes out of business and they're all replaced with IRS, IRS burgers <laughs> and you have to fill out a form to get your food six to eight weeks later. But I remember Homer orders um, an IRS switch, which is not defined. He just says withhold the lettuce. But I decided it should be a chicken sandwich because it would be something different from what Krusty Burger would have. And it's just a really good chicken sandwich. I've eaten it a lot, obviously from testing it, but just since then I make it often. But there's solid recipes in that book. I thoroughly enjoyed testing all of them, eating all of them. Highly recommend them all. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and like you said, uh, the show is has just really – become a part of Americana, whether it's the food that we're seeing, the Duff beer, like you, like you said, yeah. uh, Don, to catchphrases like, don't and eat my shorts and I caramba and don't have a cow man and uh, Marge's mm, and the pacifier sub from <laughs> uh, Maggie. Yeah. It goes on and on and on of just... Anyone can instantly go back and think of the show for themselves on just simple things uh, like that. What was the difficult part of you curating the recipe? Because I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I for some reason, I can think of a lot of shows, but I, I can't think of a lot of different foods that were procured in the, in the show or that they were eating. And I'm sure there's a million of them now that it's on my radar and I'll go back and, and watch shows. What was the difficult part to pick the 70 that you chose mm -hmm. for the book? It, honestly, the hardest part was narrowing it down. There is a ton of food. Because the show stars, <laughs> stars a character that is really, really obsessed with food, there's just whole episodes built around items of food. There's um, food items that repeat that come back often. There's ones that are just kind of offhand mentioned that fans love. So there's so many seasons. There's so many great food moments that it was really hard to narrow it down. And I'm sure there's going to be a couple of things that people wish were in there, but to try to make it a, um, a good cookbook basically, but also a tribute to the show. I tried to make it balanced. There's, I could have like seven recipes for donuts in there. <laughs> <laughs> Why not go be for a donut baker's dozen? Again. Say, we're going to make a whole baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there could be a whole section that's just donuts. But uh, I tried to kind of, you know, make it a little more evened out. So there's a variety of things you can try, kind of whatever sort of meal you want to make, whatever mood strikes. But I also tried to include the most iconic things that like fans that watch the show all the time would really want to see but it was very hard to narrow down that's great it's great and also the thing that i really enjoyed is don's looking through the book right now i looked at it a little earlier is you really provided easy to follow instructions and it's something that older fans such as ourselves can enjoy but this is uh, uh -huh. we can share it with the whole family yeah. because it, it, it's going to be fun it's colorful for all ages and all levels to be able to cook as even Don was like this is so great that you could have little ones cooking but even certain things that you were saying Don you're like man this is going to be easy I'd yeah. like to try yeah. this I like the way it says what season they yeah. appeared in yeah so yeah I try I, I 
definitely think people could in, really enjoy cooking from it as a family if you're a family that watches The Simpsons. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there that kids would find really fun and they're easy enough, but there's also just, yeah, stuff for people like us who have been watching it since we were kids that they'll remember and they'll appreciate. And I tried to make everything as I mean, easy to follow as possible, and variations and just. And you just have to remember if any yeah. of your kids, while they're helping you make any of the recipes, you just got to remember not to yell, why you little? <laughs> but it, Don't end up strangling them. Exactly. <laughs> it was such a joy uh, to talk to you, Laurel. I love the, the cookbook. Uh, one of my favorite iconic episodes, I always think of Bart just singing uh, uh, Jingle Bells and you, you, you know the rest. Uh, we, we, we don't have to go on and on, but it's, it's the unofficial Simpsons cookbook from Crusty Burgers to Marge's Pretzels, famous recipes from your favorite cartoon family. Have a great night. Please feel free to share a social media website or anything like that before you go. Yeah, I'm at, at the Joy of Cooking Millhouse on Instagram and joyofcookingmillhouse.com. And then the book is sold wherever you'll, you know, wherever you buy books. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Have a great night. So, Donna, as she said, the, the Simpsons, she got a hooked on. The Simpsons and wanting to eat their donuts, yeah, but yeah. we can't eat donuts all the time, can we? Not if your waistline doesn't look like a donut. Not real. We we wouldn't be doing all that great in life. No. But that's why we're going to talk to our next guest because we have eaten a lot of donuts in our in our lifetime. But Michelle Harris is the host of Alive and Well which is a national television series promoting the wellness lifestyle. She is a lifestyle expert and a frequent guest on television shows, magazines, red carpets, live events. She's a co-founder of Animal Angels, a nonprofit advocacy group where celebrities promote pet health and adoptions. But she's also known for this, Don, and you are a tavern owner. Mocktails. Mocktails, which are very popular this day. It's a very hot trend where you can enjoy alcohol-free creations, but she also mixes it with a pack of nutritional punch. It's such a joy to have you join us, Michelle. How's it going tonight? It's going very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, uh, we are great. great. So uh, I like the way that you've put a spin on mocktails because we all know cocktails and all other alcohols really aren't healthy for us truthfully because mm. i said just a, a glass of wine here there's the because don knows the italians love a glass of wine it's supposed to be good for the health yep doctor says well how many glasses a day don one <laughs> see i was going to say if your doctors gave you different advice because you, you were blinking over there but what i like is there's a lot of mocktails out on the market, and Don knows this from uh, being a tavern owner. He offers a few, and we've had other guests as well. But one of the things in mocktails that I've seen is they're loaded, I mean loaded, with added sugar or other ingredients that isn't really making that mocktail all that healthy either. Granted, it's alcohol-free, but it's not really healthy You've taken it to another level, and you want powerful antioxidants and different things to have when you're enjoying a mocktail with friends that you're going to support a healthy immune system. What made you go that extra step? I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I do as well. <laughs> but 
one of the things that I wanted to do with the mocktails, it is a super big trend, like you were saying, but they can be a little bit healthier. Now, that said, when you're having a sweet type of drink with alcohol, that still has a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. So there are some of the mocktails do have some sugar in them, and they're just alcohol-free and have some healthier ingredients. But a lot of these we made completely sugar-free. And one of the things that I wanted to do is, okay, so you're taking, you know, night off of drinking, you want to have a mocktail, you want it to taste great, but get that punch. So I created a hibiscus raspberry black elderberry infused tea and made the ice cubes so that they're actually infused with mint and blueberry. Mm, Sounds good. So... Yes, and you know, of course, those ice cubes that are kind of what I call the designer ice cubes are really big right now, too. As a tavern owner, I'm sure you're aware that's a really hot trend. So I happen to like to do them in a funky shape that you don't normally see, maybe just a round ice cube. And, you know, you freeze it with the blueberry, which in itself is an antioxidant. And the mint is great because as it melts, it gives it a little bit of flavor. But the hibiscus raspberry tea is wonderful. There's no caffeine in it. And then I use Sambucol black elderberry syrup, and that is one of the most potent antioxidants you can find. And it also tastes great. That's amazing. So you just put all of that together, and they even have a sugar-free version. It is normally fairly low in sugar, the black elderberry syrup, but it's delicious, and it's just really packed with those antioxidants that are going to help you to support a healthy immune system. That is that is so great, and I mean, it goes to show of why your show has been so successful. I mean, Don, listen to some of the people that have appeared uh, with Michelle: Jennifer Lopez, Paris Hilton, Mar- uh, Marie McCormick, uh, Sh- uh, Shannon Simmons. It goes on and on and on. You have such uh, mm-hmm. iconic guests joining you for Alive and Well. What was it that got you interested and into this movement of a modern, organic life? It really was just what I was doing in my personal life. I was doing other things in television, and I follow a plant-based diet, and I was giving free cooking classes at Whole Foods, if you can believe that, just to show people how to eat healthy. And they did hand me a gift card or something, but, you know, the weekends, I'd, I'd trot off to Whole Foods and, like, okay, I'm going to show people how to eat plant-based and be healthy and then go to other TV things. And my husband kind of said, we should do this as a TV show. And I'm like, what? But, you know, love it. And it's so nice to combine what you're passionate about with your career. That's, so I can't think of anything else I'd rather be doing. That is great. And also, uh, you've been uh, the Taste Awards presenter. That has to be a joy. I mean, who doesn't love to be involved in an atmosphere where you have tons of amazing, delicious things to taste and eat and know these individuals? Yeah. I will say it's a wonderful organization, and I'm so happy that I've been a presenter. I've co-hosted the awards ceremony. I'm in the Taste Awards Hall of Fame. I've won a Taste Awards, so I have a longstanding relationship with them. And as a matter of fact, during the pandemic, they were kind enough to send me a huge and diverse variety of chocolate. Oh, <laughs> man, that was so, so nice. That, 
Yes, it was a very nice surprise from the Taste Awards, and they do have a chocolate tasting. And although I keep my chocolate non-dairy and usually sugar-free, I do love chocolate. Again, chocolate's actually good for you if you're not getting a ton of fat from having a lot of dairy products in it, and it makes you feel great. Yeah. And so I just stay away from the sugar and enjoy the chocolate. And isn't it, I think it's the 85%? Dark chocolate, yeah. yeah, isn't that the one I think they say is actually good for you? I, I don't think it's... Yeah, so you want to get the, the most cacao that you can find in the chocolate. The most cacao for the most papow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on, a, on another note, obviously, you are well-known. You have fantastic friends. You, as you said, you just to get the word out, you were presenting a high, healthy lifestyle at Whole Foods. Do you imagine that you could take the mocktails and the background that you have and make a line of it? Because I would love if I could go somewhere and be able to purchase a healthy version of a mocktail like you're offering and telling people to do. Well, a lot of the things I used to create, the mocktails, actually come from companies that have a non-liquor type of liquor, a non-alcoholic type of liquor. So one of the things I love is there's plenty of alternatives uh, to champagne and wine that are alcohol-free. I used one when we got married. Okay. Um, and the great thing is, is the alcohol-free champagne, guess what? Only 120 calories per entire bottle. Whoa! <laughs> I know. <laughs> like you had me right there. It's like I can drink an entire bottle of champagne, not get tipsy, and it's only 120 calories, and it's wonderful. And that's a reason to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> that th that is amazing. So there are a lot of things out there. There's wines that have even won in competitions against wines that have alcohol in them. So those are things you can start looking for and for some of my mocktails I used liqueur called Lear's and those do have sugar but it's alternatives to something like Amaretto. Okay. Okay. So, of course, in the alcohol version, you're going to have sugar in amaretto. And, you know, of course, those were some of my favorite drinks when I was, you know, to go out and have a night of consuming alcohol. I love anything that's sweet. So it's really fun to be able to have that type of beverage in a non-alcoholic form. That is that is so that, – I, I love that idea. And, uh, Michelle, I have to say you are one of the most fascinating uh, yeah. guests that we've had on, and I really enjoy – everything that you're putting out there and the vibe and, and the how energy. yeah the energy and, and promoting that like you said a modern organic life it's not this crazy sort of thing that you you, you look at one of your neighbors and you, you just give that sort of head shake to your your friend you're like mm, that's the crazy one <laughs> but it's it's living in a modern organic life with and the television series is fantastic but we want you uh to share a website social media anything like that before you go and uh, before you do thank you so much for joining us it, it was such a pleasure well, thank you so much for having me on. And our website is TV, like television. If you go to our website, you can click through to all of our social media platforms. And we are syndicated nationwide. So just check your local listings to find Alive and Well. Thank you so much. Have a great night. 
You too. Bye-bye. That was fun, Doc. That was interesting. And like she said, the the mix of flavors and fresh and uh, having antioxidants in it. And it's like, all right, cool. Well, all you cats are getting wasted and ruining your liver. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over here sitting pretty. I want to live to 100. Well, the nice thing about the mocktails is you're a designated driver. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. which is great. Bring the people home safe. And there's also alternatives out there, I'm sure, to the drinking and driving. But, uh, yeah, the mocktails go go well my bar, tavern. Yeah. Uh, you can see the people more and more. Speaking of the fancy ice, we've been using the round ice for some of the uh, drinks as well as some of the mocktails. It looks it looks professional yeah, really. on, the, on the bar. It looks nice. It's a little fancy. Yeah. But you know who else can get fancy? Chef Barbie Marshall. Oh, yeah, because she can make some of the fanciest food around, but also some of the most comforting as well. But most importantly, she's going to tell us what's on her mind this week and what's hot and happening. How's it going tonight, Chef Barbie? Oh, maybe Chef Barbie changed her mind. She said, you know what? I didn't like that intro. <laughs> Do we need to give her another one? She said, I am not fancy in the least. I'm from Philly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People in Philly will, will take umbrage as being called. <laughs> they don't want to be insulted. Exactly. Not that it's an insult. No, but it's not. I mean. It depends. Yeah. If we would call her the coolest cat on the block. Like it might that. be a different story. Darn right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's all different sort of things uh, going on. The, 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 the get, the, when you were saying at your tavern for the ice, it does make a difference for what you're going to serve and things like that. So the, the people that want, you know, they're there to, to experience a good night out mm -hmm. and... As simple as a drink sounds, when when they when they receive it in front of them and it's nice, fancy, it looks like you spent hours making it. They feel special and they stay longer. They spend a little more and they socialize and it brings the atmosphere of the whole the whole scene uh, up a notch or two. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So, but uh, I guess we're going to have to uh, skip Chef Barbie. Uh, my apologies. Uh, I don't know where the difficulty has come, uh, but we appreciate everyone trying. Yes. We, uh, a, tr a try is a try is a try, Don. One, two, three, four. And we'll try to wrap this show up now. Oh. <laughs> wow. I'm Donato Marino at DNL Coffee Service, being the barista. You can contact me on Facebook. Or you can call me at 215-365-5521. And we were joined by John Howard Fusco, Alex Smith, the CEO of Atlas Restaurant Group. That was a joy. Uh, Tim Flank, the owner of Philly to Table. Uh, also, Laurel Randolph, the cookbook uh, of the unofficial Simpsons cookbook. Michelle Harris, she was a joy, alive and well. I'm Derek Tim of BlueJeanFood.com. This is Small Bites. We're on Wildfire Radio Sundays at 6.35 p.m. Syndicated or wherever. Just Google us. You'll find us. And we end the show like we always do with a joke of the week from the legendary joke teller, Jackie the Joke Man. Martlin. Have a good night, everyone. Hello, I'm Jackie Martling, and this is Small Bites. Maria says to her mother, Mama, in just the two weeks, I'm going to be married, and my Antonio, 
He wants me to have a talk with you. Her mother says, Okay, Maria, tonight after dinner, we sit down and I have a nice long talk with you. I teach you all about the birds and the bees. Maria says, Mama, we know how to punch a punch a banger banger. I need you to teach me how to make a lasagna. <laughs>